Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Moon and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Chandler L. Becker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, we must start off this week's show with the uh, most crucial question facing um, the people who are interested in the things we are interested in. If your Minnesota Golden Gophers win the Big Ten tournament, which is to say win, they win the Big Ten tournament, what seed in the NCAA tournament will they deserve? A plan, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit harsh. 15, 14, I, I, I feel like when bad teams like matriculate that far, I feel like they're usually like a 13, and I feel like we're worse than that. We would be the worst team that I can think of to win a major conference tournament. It's just inconceivable. So I can't imagine them slotting us. I mean, you can't tell me that a the the the, the SWAC champion or something or the Patriot League champion or some like you can't tell me that they they are not like more deserving than than a nine nine or eventually a twelve win uh or thirteen yeah twelve win go for go for team. Then again we will have accrued resume wins, right? Yeah, and, and just by default, you know, beating Ohio State, uh, Maryland, which would be, you know, the win tonight. We're recording Thursday. Um, and I'm sure this conversation won't be set awry because they're going to win tonight, you know. It, it, this won't look foolish at all. So right now, the Gophers ranked 218th in the net rating which I don't know for sure, but I would bet it would put them above multiple um, NCAA tournament clinched teams right now. Not a ton, but probably, you know, a couple G5s. That just tends to happen. So, yeah, Maryland, Rutgers, Ohio State, Nebraska. I mean, Rutgers is probably a tournament team. That's an important win. Maryland would be a good win. If they win tonight and then tomorrow, that's against IU, who's probably a top 25 team still, right? Yep. So, um, and then it's then it's then it's probably Purdue, and then it's uh, we're going going to Graceland, we're going to Disney World after that. Yeah. So those are resume wins, but I I, I there have some already been some people joking about this on the internet, so I, I look I do have a bit of context we can look at. So obviously we can look at the Georgetown team from a couple of years ago that fourth from last in the Big East, but then won the tournament. Um, And they got drummed in the first round of the NCAA tournament by Colorado, but they were the 12 seed in the East. Um, But if you go back even further to the team that tied for the second worst record in the 20, in the 2007, 2008 SEC, the Georgia Bulldogs, they entered the tournament in 2008 as the 14 seed. Yeah, um, I think I remember that team. That seems more likely. That does seem a little bit more likely. I, I feel like that's probably where we would have to expect. But, you know, we, we didn't expect to win yesterday, did we? No. No, it was in the, it was in the realm of possibility, but was not expected. And we don't expect a win tonight. Um, we assume a win tonight, of course. Yes. So we'll just see what happens, and next week we'll be able to talk about the end of the season, probably. 
and um, just kind of evaluate where things are and see if we have any transfer news at that point. Because that is a some somewhat of a worry based on reporting from last week about uh, yeah, Jamison Battle and um, was it Cooper? Yeah, Talon Cooper. But we'll we'll see what happens. In um, other Gopher basketball-related news, we do need to note that Lindsey Whelan has resigned as coach of the women's basketball team. Feels like a similar trajectory to the Ben Johnson situation so far. Um, I expected another year for Lindsey Whalen, but uh, three years, three bad teams, losing your best player to an in-conference opponent. It, it, it's a decent collection of, of freshmen and sophomores, it seems right now, that could potentially be good in a couple of years, but these are things that happen when you don't win. And um, I don't know, I don't have enough takes on women's basketball to talk about who could be next or whatever, but it does kind of feel like you you hired someone who had never been a head coach before and never never been an official like coach you know Lindsey Whalen had done like some things that some WNBA players will do from time to time where like in in the WNBA offseason will will help with like the the gopher men or something like that but you know that that's a different deal than um you know being an official member of a coaching staff and big name in this area got local kids through the door and uh couldn't win games that, that this feels like one of the more likely outcomes that you could have plotted from three years ago or whatever yeah i can't i i i guess i can't speak to that as much but it, it did feel a little i don't want to say premature i mean i get it i definitely get it you know i mean they weren't winning but I did think it, it seemed like, again, based on how young the team was and the, the talent that she had brought in, that she might get another year. Um, but the only silver lining, if you will, or not really a silver lining, but um, it does seem like, I know at least three of the four, I think, that kind of lauded recruits have, have said that they're going to stay. Um, Braun and I think Holloway and I think one other have all said that they're going to stay. Maybe it's four now. I don't know. Um, but... Hopefully everybody stays. Hopefully we don't have a, you know, a Patino situation where the bottom, you know, the bottom drops out and everybody transfers and, and, and what looks like a significant rebuild becomes a kind of a monumental rebuild. And it's worth noting the Star Tribune had an article, I think at the start of this week, where a bunch of people in the local AAU scene were kind of saying this, this feels premature and yeah. Lindsey Whalen did a lot of work to sort of reestablish ties between the program and that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I'm not, you know, an expert on all of these things. It it never seemed like it was totally working out. And another year would have been fair. I also don't think this is necessarily unfair. Yeah, probably fair. Probably fair. But that is essentially the only gopher specific news and um banter that we have for today unless you want to touch on uh i think it was donald willis who has entered the who has decided to transfer who was one of the guys who looked like he might be in line to start for the football team this fall but um that we can talk about more as we hit into the spring yeah but you and i have done some stuff yeah we've done some stuff some i would say pretty big stuff for for each of us where 
you went and saw Bruce Springsteen. I went mm-hmm. to Kansas, um, <laughs> comparable place, you, you know, comparable size thing. I mean, I did some stuff there, but I just I'll first ask because I haven't talked to you about this. How was Bruce? Bruce, Bruce was Bruce. Bruce absolutely lived up, uh, lived lived up to the hype, I'd say. Uh, lived up to my considerable expectations. I mean, he just kind of the Bears. The Bears are who we thought they were. The Bruce is who we we thought they were. You know, my I was with my dad, and at one point he said, you know, "It's just kind of like rock anthems," and I was like, "Exactly, exactly. It's all rock anthems. It's just perfect anthem rock." You know, and I said to my friend at one point, "I'm like, these are like all songs like." I ha- not half, but like a lot of the songs were songs that it was like, like John Mellencamp could have never written that song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that real Heartland energy um, and songwriting, but it was just really, really good. The band was phenomenal. It had a huge band, it had singers, horn section, obviously uh, Nils Lofgren, Little Stevie. Um, I can't remember the woman's name who plays violin, who may or may not be his wife. I can't remember that. That's a <laughs> fault. That's a scourge on my record. Um, but um, yeah, no, the set list was the set list was super great. They didn't play Atlantic City, which kind of bummed me out, but that was to be expected. Uh, they did a lot of. Uh, it's a stylistically, it was pretty pretty eclectic, maybe even more so than I thought. They this, the horns brought a lot of energy. And there was kind of a section that I really liked. I'm a big fan of New Orleans music, and they did Pay Me My Money Down, which they haven't done since, I believe, according to Setlist FM 2014. And I think that was on uh, the Seeger Sessions, sort of the Pete Seeger tribute sort of thing that he did. And it has a real, it had a real New Orleans feel. Yeah, no, mostly just really, really good songs. I've been a big Bruce fan for a while. I'm not a Bruce super fan, so there definitely were songs I didn't know. But especially once once it really started turning around, around kind of Candy's Room. Oh, no, not even there. I mean, Promised Land, which is the fifth song. I mean, that was great. The Rising was great. It's I've, I've kind of thought that that album is like sort of sort of cheesy sometimes, but I can't argue with the results. It slapped. It was so good. You know, Badlands is kind of a epic anthem that closed out the first set. Because the night, the Patti Smith cover that he obviously does a famous version of was just fantastic. Uh, great Nils, really the only Nils Lofgren solo solo highlight, but uh, Nils ripped off just a just a phenomenal solo on that. Working on the highway, Eastry Shuffle, uh, Wrecking Ball was fine. Yeah, it was just it's really good high energy set. The room was rocking. You know, most people were seated but you could still palpable energy palpable buzz uh yeah it was it was everything i could have asked for then the encore was great i was a little worried because they did he did uh thunder road and born to run which is like duh you know and those i like like warranted duh you know what i mean like very good obviously just anthems you know iconic his most popular famous songs but then he did rosalita and glory days and dancing in the dark which like I'm they they worked like they definitely worked and definitely got the place rocking or kept the place rocking. But I was kind of worried that they would uh, that they would end on that note. 
And I was like, that'd be a very like dancing in the dark. I mean, the 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 '80s kind of the sort of cheesy '80s ending, which my friend astutely pointed out pointed out was <laughs> with the house lights up. Um, kind of funny, a lot of people dancing in the light to dancing in the dark. But the I was were a little worried it would end there. But then they went back. He did t- they did 10th Avenue freeze out, which I just love. And when he goes death, death, talking about death, death. It's just it's just awesome. That's a great song. And then they closed with he closed with I'll See You in My Dreams, which is a more recent song he did, but it was solo acoustic. Uh super, super, super good good show, good set. Twenty six songs total. So you can't say you didn't get your money's worth. I, I I was lucky enough that I was able to, you know, just get tickets to this, talk about getting your money's worth, right? I mean I, I didn't I paid a very reasonable price, I think, for my tickets, um, but it was nowhere near the some of the published, you know, uh, scalp or resale, you know, a thousand dollars or whatever, um, and nothing like that. And I had a pretty good seat, way up, but straight, straight shot center. If you go to my Instagram, I have a picture of little Bruce and little little Stephen because they're they're so little. But yeah, all the reviews I've seen have been really really positive. I think John Bream from the Star Tribune said he thinks it's you know one of the best. You know, maybe it was him or maybe it was somebody else. Just the best, uh, one of the best shows that Springsteen has played here. And I don't have nearly the context to say, to vouch whether or not it was true, but I can say it was very, very, very good. I would happily see him again. I don't know if I'll get the chance. I mean, not to be morbid, but, you know, they are older than they were, you know, and they don't tour all that often. This is their first tour since 2016, I think. So, you know, we'll see if I get another opportunity, but very grateful to have been able to see him. And, yeah, just a great catalog, really one of the great, great rock artists. And so, so far head and shoulders above Mellencamp. <laughs> my my dad actually saw Mellencamp like a week or two ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm not really a Springsteen guy. I've, I've like had on the the never ending queue of albums I need to go like go through his discography, but like I can name Springsteen songs. I like, I can't yeah. name a Mellencamp song. I like, yeah. uh, but you know, I'm guessing this was, this was at like the turf club or, or something, you know, a real nice indie. <laughs> real. Yeah, exactly. Real, intimate. Real and what, where, where was, what was it? The X? Yeah, it was at the X. The only place that conceivably he could have played here other than a, other than us bank or something, but grateful. Also grateful. I know U.S. Bank could have could have held more people, but certainly grateful it was at the X where the sound is really, really good. Yeah, having uh, done shows at the X and shows at or a show at the Viking Stadium, I I prefer the former. Yeah. Well, that that's all. That's all good to hear. This was obviously your your first time with Bruce. Yep. 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 My first. And like I said, I don't know if it'll be my last, but if it is. I can I can say my experience was a satisfying one. Yeah, and and uh, everything I ever hear about his live shows is that he gives his all, you know. Yeah. Even, even at his age. Yeah, he definitely. There's no doubt. I mean, he he was the band and the band the band was cooking, but Bruce Bruce is the heart and soul of it all. Bruce at 73. I mean, he looks. I think he's 72 maybe. I don't know, but he looks he looks so good. He sounds so good. His guitar playing was more nimble than I expected. Uh, and his voice sounded good, and he just had so much, so much, so much energy. And the, the cliches with Bruce, I found the cliches to mostly all be true. Was there any opener? 
No, no, no. It's like, who opens for Springsteen? How do you open for Springsteen? I guess I the Stones had an opener, and they, they have openers, and the Who had an opener, and other bands have have openers, but those other bands don't generally play for three-hour concerts. No, and I, um, as as a as the Rush nerd here who did see play see them play twice, three hours each time. They didn't have an opener either time, and I think the shift to being just them on the bill coincided with that increase in set list length. Yeah, because um, if you want to play three hours, not everyone is gonna want to sit through an opener. But I mean, I think there are like really great Americana artists, kind of. Yeah, you know, oh, certainly. Like, like I, I think Jason Isbell might be bigger than I'm meaning, but like, sort of maybe a, in, in the tier below. Like, uh, there, there are some really high-level Americana artists who could open for Bruce and people oh, who yeah. dig it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely people. I mean, the, that that whole scene, especially Americana and just really rock in general, is really is really indebted to Bruce Springsteen. You know what I mean? And somebody, somebody made a joke on Twitter. I think it was, maybe it was Aaron Lee Tashjan or something about, I don't know, somebody just like how much of like what, what we call Americana or whatever just feels like Springsteen and wildflowers. You know what I mean? Like just really, I mean, the, the songwriter thing, the rock thing, a little bit of the folk thing, like it's, it's just what it is, you know? And so, yeah, there's definitely artists that would make sense as openers. I mean, because they're so indebted, but yeah, I mean, I, I've seen shows where there's opening acts for three-hour bands, and even if the three-hour bands aren't as good as Bruce Springsteen, it's still like, well, that's that's a long time, especially if you're standing, especially on a school night. This was a Sunday night. Um, yeah, long long night to be. It's a long it's a long show. Is all I'm trying to say. I, I concur. I guess. What was the the other three-hour artist you're thinking of? Smashing Pumpkins, perhaps. Uh, they did that, yes. Um, yes, yes. That I wasn't who I originally thought of, but yes, they they also qualify. They had Metric open, and Metric's awesome, but uh, still, it was like just too long. Uh, the other one I was thinking of was was just multiple jam bands. Green Sky Bluegrass. I remember seeing, and I like them, and I've had good experiences. I think I had a good experience at the show I'm thinking of, but at a certain point, it's just like when you have a a band a play for 45 minutes and then a band do two you know hour and a half sets with a set break it's just like man that's so lot you know it's all especially if you're if you're on the floor it's it's just a ton of especially if you're on the floor and a big guy like i am it's a lot it is um although that don't what would they have had chairs set up for bruce at the shows i'm referencing the the, the well, palace yeah yeah, yeah bruce you know yeah, there was a small pit, a small pit that where people were standing, but most people in the Bruce show were seated. Okay, that's that's more palatable at least. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you you got to do it, uh, and 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 glad that you get to regale us again with Aaron's trips to to see cool musicians that I probably won't end up getting to see, but you know, it uh, sounds like a, a great time and. Um, I imagine you and I will have a, a concert experience at some point in the near future. I don't know yeah. who, other than Bonavera in August, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get there. There'll be those. I'm sure some things will come up. Yeah, they tend to. Well, I did not go to a Heartland Rock show. I went to the Heartland. Yes. I 
college roommate and I, we went down to Lawrence, Kansas in Kansas City for a few days, ate some really good food. Yeah, I um, imagine. That's what you the, do when in Rome. Yeah, we went to a place in Kansas City. Well, on the night we, we got into town, it was really foggy. And the only uh, the only place that had barbecue and was open at 8 o'clock was a place called Char Bar. Um, and we got in, and I just I kept looking at all the things on the menu and, and thought, I want all of these things. My friend, he brought up, uh, well, they do have this platter of everything. Oh, yes. And it's like, well... I guess you got to. So we, we ate seven different meats the first night we, we got into town. Um, the If you ever go to Char Bar, my rankings of the meats. Number one, the burnt ends. I'm not usually a burnt ends guy, but these were in another stratosphere. Whatever, whatever the, the various layers of air above the earth are. The burnt ends were great. The, the, the sausage, number two, ribs, number three, turkey, number four, ham, five, brisket, six, pork, seven. Um, Kansas Sounds. City Barbecue does this thing where it comes wet. It comes with sauce on it, which I like to apply a little bit of sauce to my meat. But in general, I prefer the Texas style of you get it dry. But, uh, but man, the those those burn ends yeah excellent i had some more barbecue went to a good thai place you know did good food all around kansas city um and lawrence was a really cool town really cool town which i had i had heard it was but the main point of the trip was not just to see kansas city and lawrence and eastern kansas but to attend a basketball game at allen fieldhouse which, you know, is one of the cathedrals of the sport. They they certainly play that up in a way that feels a bit self-fulfilling. You know, all this talk about this is the best place in America to play basketball, and they got the rules of basketball at Allen Fieldhouse, which we did not see, but I bet if we had, like, stopped and meandered for another, like, five minutes, we could have found them. Dr. Naismith, he did not invent basketball while at Kansas, so, like, <laughs> you know... But it, they're home, so it's a it's a bit St. Louis Cardinal-y, but on the other hand, it is a really great scene. You know, um, I wish the seats were bigger. Uh, I wish it was a bit more comfortable, but you get a a good feeling for just how much uh, how much history is there, and it gets really loud. I'm glad I brought your plugs. Having student sections behind each backboard is a great touch. And there are big student sections, and as I'm sure you've all seen on TV, the pep band sounded phenomenal. Was um, Danny Carey from Tool playing pep band drums this time? He was not. He was not. Um, my my friend who hates Tool probably was was not going to be fond of that if, if Danny Carey showed up. But uh, I mean, the, the pep band was a huge part of the atmosphere, which I love. I I love when when the band is like a more prominent part of your game day experience because we don't really get that here for i guess we do for basketball it feels like the pep band is more involved and in, and in hockey to a similar but not quite as strong degree but like especially football games at the u of m it 
there's a lot of piped in music and it's yeah. it's it's sort of an, an atmosphere that feels a bit artificial whereas you go here and the band is is playing every break they're playing loud they sound phenomenal they have sort of traditions that seem to be passed down where everyone knows the chant or whatever and you've got these thousands of people, all of whom are wearing, wearing KU stuff, by the way. I did not see one tech fan on the concourse. <laughs> yeah, it's not not their year. No, no, it's not their year. But also, uh, I mean, this was a trip we had planned like months in advance before we knew it wasn't going to be their year, you know, it, because it, it's KU, you know, it's these these are one of the places you go to. And, and obviously tech's been in the conference with Kansas for 25 years or whatever, but at the same time. It's uh, it's a place that I I'm glad I I got to go to. I the game was I mean the first half was ugly. It was really ugly. No one could sink a shot. This is the three point percentages at halftime were for Kansas like twenty two percent and for Tech nine percent. Jeez. But it got a lot better in the second half. But it did exactly what every Tech game this year has done and every Kansas game this year has done, which is Kansas keeps things close enough for you to keep watching, but they're just better and they win. And also they get some, uh, some favorable officiating at Allen Fieldhouse. but also tech, like they missed a lot of shots in the first half and they had some bad turnovers and they missed their free throws and they gave the other team a good fight, but they, they lost close because again, the, these, this was the only way this game could happen. It's the exact same as the game in Lubbock this year. But it was a it was a good trip. There were two things post game that um, we we stuck around for. The first was that night it was it was their last home game and they clinched the Big Twelve regular season title with that win. Um, so there's a bit of like five ten minutes of celebrating that, and then it's senior night, so we do our salutes to Tech transfer Kevin McCuller and Denton Geyer's own Jalen Wilson. But those speeches. They were so long. <laughs> and I, and I, if anyone's been to the barn for a senior night, you know, like the tradition of, you know, coach talks about the outgoing seniors, the outgoing seniors say thanks to the crowd, to the coaches, to their teammates, whatever. It, it's a, but Jalen Wilson's speech was 15 minutes long. Wow. Wow. Was it, was, I mean, I hate to say like, was it good, but like, was it good? Is it, was it fine? The 15, it's, it's a long, it's a long speech for any anything. It's a, it was a very long speech. It was mostly off the cuff. It seemed he just he wanted to thank everyone in the building. It seemed, which you know, good for him. If I was a KU fan, I would. I mean, a lot of KU fans were leaving, but like. It was so long. By by the time we left, so the game ended at like 10.05 or something, but we didn't get to leave until a quarter to 11. Wow. Um, and we were going to take a picture while we were in the arena after things got done, but then we were just kind of tired of being there and the pictures yeah. we tried to take sucked. So, But yeah, that was a little annoying, but whatever. It, to do whatever you want. But that was Allen Fieldhouse. The KU campus is fine. They, they've got a cool thing in the student union where um, you've got a hallway where it's just a bunch of old Jayhawks. Like they're... Um, Rafe LaFrance? No, no, it's not It's not like that. Um, although I, I'm sure they, they do have pictures of obviously various, you know, KU greats in the, the arena. But like various drawings, buttons, pins, which I guess are the same thing. 
posters, pennants, just a bunch of stuff with the Jayhawk on it. You get to see the evolution of the logo and the different ways it's been used. They had this little sort of figurine from, I think, like the early aughts or something where the Jayhawk was on a motorcycle and had sunglasses on, which, nice. is, pre- which is pretty rad. But that's a, a neat little corner. I like those sorts of things. And I still hate Kansas basketball, but in general, I, I would... I very much want to go back for for a game down there for another reason, just to check out their downtown scene because the Massachusetts street area with all the businesses, that's, I I do love a nice sort of college town strip with a bunch of uh, coffee shops and stores and bars and stuff that have been there for a really long time. But um, we also went to Joplin, Missouri, but there's not as much to talk about in Joplin, Missouri. Not a lot in Joplin, Missouri. No, kind of a dire place. And of course, there have been other tech basketball happenings this week that we don't need to talk about right now, other than, uh, you know, if you're in a position of leadership, you should respect the people you're leading. And um, if they hire a coach in the next few weeks, I'll, I'll give my opinions on that. But yeah, that was my, my big trip to uh, the state of Kansas, it's a state I still don't much care for, but... Uh, you did the best things you can do in Kansas. You ate barbecued, went to a basketball game. That's about that's about it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, if you're gonna go, might as well. Yeah, and I um, I'm down to needing just two Big Eight schools to visit. I have not been to Oklahoma State. I've not been to Kansas State. I've been to every other school in the old Big Eight, and at least gone up to the stadium gate of. Um, all six of those. I, I, I couldn't get into the KU football stadium. You, you could get into the concourse, but I, I did not want to hazard going into the stands for that mm-hmm. one. But uh, but yeah, it's a good time, and got um, to figure out what my, my tech basketball trip is next year. Yeah, maybe Manhattan. That would be a good time. K- K-State's good right now. Get they to are. see some nice lavender jerseys. Yep, yep. Sounds like a good time. Well, anyway, we're going to, I think, probably close things down for the week right here. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Nothing nothing else happened. I've somehow gotten through the end of this without my uh, sort of cough cre- uh, creeping in too much. So we'll call that a victory. And next week, we'll talk about the NCAA tournament, our favorite sporting event all year. I think that's... Uh, yep. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yep. Did, <laughs> it's the didn't best. Didn't want to. Didn't want to speak for you, but you, could, you uh, could say you could say it's our favorite. You can also just say it's the best because that's an objective fact. It is the best. It is the best sporting event we have in the world. Even if it's like I, I put other sports ahead of college basketball in general, there's not one thing on the calendar I love more than these three weeks. Yeah. So we'll get into that next week. Is there anything you wanted to throw out before we head out? No, no, just looking forward to the tournament. You didn't write about Bruce for Music in Minnesota? No, no, somebody tried, and I believe they did not. <laughs> Somehow did not get approved, I don't know. Uh, um, but I wanted to be there, I wanted to enjoy it. Well, not that I don't enjoy the shows I write about, but, you know, there's an element of work that I didn't want to bring into bring into Bruce. I wouldn't either, I get that totally. So, everyone have a good weekend, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, see ya.